so glad that we're here. I'm grateful for my friend Mike's band. And so, um, glory to God. Um, you know, <laughs> you got to knock me down pretty hard not to have me here. And right now, there is nobody to bring in. And so, um, praise God. almost told Corey she was going to lead singing today. But then I saw her walking, and I thought, nah, I'm not going to. And, and, and Timey stole her stool. So then I thought, I really can't. I really can't have Corey come up here and lead today. Um, and uh, she might have been able to do it, but it would have been funny. On those first three songs, she might have been hopping on one foot. But then I would have been sitting her down because I would have been afraid she would have not fallen down and, well, not with the Holy Ghost. So I think she would have done well uh, with it, but um, I would have had to steal the stool away from Timey, and then what would we, uh, she probably would have sat on the piano, and then some of us would have been looking at her, um, that's not what kind of place we are, you know. So we've found something else for her to sit on. But praise the Lord. Now I just... Yeah. 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 She is. I forgot to have prayer for her. Um, I gave her your phone number, and she says, why isn't anybody picking? She was just in tears. Why isn't anybody? Did you forget about me? Don't you care about me? Don't you love me? Well, you just got to call her phone. I think I gave it to you. And I told her that. And I told her your phone works the other way. So we sent her your phone. And I told her, if you want to come to church, you got to call Tiny every week. So that's, but I'm going to give you her phone number so you can call her while she's in the hospital. But um, yeah, um, some medication did something to her and she was not feeling good. And so she went into St. Francis and they had sent her up north. And that's when they all start saying, what's wrong with those people to her? And they got her all upset. And it's like, um, you know, what's wrong with you people? You don't come down to see your sister. So, um, well, goes both ways. I'm getting tired, though, of us getting in trouble when people can't pick up a phone and they don't know how to dial it. Especially when they call everybody else under the sun. We've had that. Um, somebody moved away, and somebody's child was upset that we haven't, I'm not live, am I? No. Um, somebody's child was upset because we hadn't, well, I did, well, number one, I didn't know they moved, and I was going to go visit the person because I got a hold of their phone number. I talked with them, and lo and behold, she says, well, the kids went ahead and loaded your phone number in my phone. It's a two-way, you know, I'm not God. You know, I love it when, I know there's something up when Marianne calls me. Either she's calling me to tell me a good story, and I love those, or she's calling me up because uh, I need to let you know, be in prayer. And so I love it because she knows how to pick up the phone and dial it. And, and it's awesome. And uh, we've done that, and and sometimes we play a little phone tag, but it's not much. She'll leave a message, Pastor, I need to talk to you. And then I call her back. And, and so that's all. You know, um, use the phone. 
It goes both ways. And I'm ta- preaching to the choir here because you all do it to me. And so you all call me on the phone. And so, but I had to tell her that. Um, you know, you could have called. Well, I don't have time. He's phone. I said, we have given it to you. I don't know how many times. Because I know the last time she was in church, Corey put your phone number in her phone, but I think you've changed it since then. So that's why, and then we gave her your new, we texted it to her. And so, but that doesn't, that's why I said you should just call her and reiterate. You need to call me. And so, and tell, ask her, did you move that my phone number? Because it's really easy now that it's in her text. Copy and paste. And so, for Carol, copy and paste is very easy to do. In a, in a fo- cell phone, that's not yours. See, that's what you're missing out on on your old phone. See, all you got to do is hold your finger on there, and then it says copy. It'll come up, copy or paste, and you hit copy. Then you go to the new spot, and then all you do is erase the old phone number, put your finger there, and it'll come up again, copy, paste, and you hit paste, and it puts the phone number in, and you save it, and you go, that was easy because they've tried to make those phones easy for people like you and me okay and so um that's the reason i I like my yeah yeah yeah, and you too and so um praise the lord anyway i still can't do texting with my thumbs like the kids can i don't know how they do it but i i still can't I, i i it don't work for me and so um one of the many reasons i don't like texting but i've gotten better at it um younger people in the church know i've gotten better because i even use emojis with them you know i find them and then i gotta start you know what i love about emojis it stops the conversation especially with the i have several people who always have to have the last word one lives in fargo and um and so if I use an emoji, it's not a word. And so I let them have the last word. Actually, it was kind of funny. So I usually give them an emoji. But, and they get it. I'm just, but if I went, oh, that's funny, then they have to come back and say, yeah, I know. Isn't that great? And so uh, it, I could be on the phone all day long going back and forth like that. So I love the emojis. And uh, they're great because sometimes they, I found that with um, people younger than me, the emojis help make sure that they understand the emotion I'm using. Because texting is horrible. See, I can talk to you in person, and I can, I can read your body language. I can talk to you on the phone, and I can hear it in your voice. But the problem with texting, you lose all that. And so you lose those important things. Anyway, let's get started here. And because I have to, I've been dizzy all morning, so uh, that's why I brought out the pulpit. That way I can lean on something if I need to. Learning to lean on Jesus. <laughs> I don't know why nobody would like that song. Anyway. Good morning and welcome to New Life. Those folks at YouTube and Facebook. And hopefully we got the bug worked out with Facebook. And yes, I was given the high sign. So you're here right away with us. There's no delay with you at Facebook. You're right into with YouTube today. So praise the Lord. This is New Life, and I'm Pastor David Kufal. And if you don't know where we're located, I'll tell you one more time. Uh, I think that's part of the problem, Hal. Some people can't find us. 
We're located at 1021 South Center Street in Wapiton, North Dakota. And then if we make it even easier. Jeremy can, uh, loves this part. I don't know if he's ever gone to our website, but he would love this part. If you don't know where New Life is, all you have to do is go to our website and it says directions. And you, you hit the button that says directions. You type in your address. So if you live right across the border in South Dakota, you put your address in, and um, all of a sudden it gives you directions right from your house right here. If you live in Breckenridge, it'll do the same thing, right from your house to here. If you live in Wapaton, if you don't know where the airport road is, you haven't been to the south side in a while. And so um, you type in your address, it'll tell you exactly how to get here. And you'll see a little map there and everything and directions and you just, oh, I know how to get there. I don't even need this. And so, um, but we're right at the end of 11th Avenue South and uh, Center Street, right on the corner there, the big white church. You can't miss us. And so sometimes I say on um, coffee break that we're, uh, my church is on the North Dakota, Minnesota border. And so... Um, we're in a tri-state area, and um, we've got a new family that's going to be coming up from Fairmount for um, Awana this fall. And so it's so easy to get up here, and Fairmount's just on this side of the border of South Dakota. And so um, we're not far from most of anything. And so um, we love our town here, our two towns, and uh, Breckenridge, Minnesota, and Wapiton, North Dakota. We love um, this area and we love it so much we want to help people find Jesus can you say amen there you go I didn't even have to say come on this morning so hallelujah well this morning I'm going to be um, preaching part six of why the Holy Spirit came and uh, the message for part six is really entitled obeying and receiving obeying and receiving Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this message today. I thank you that you helped me to preach it, Lord, and uh, to stay on task. Uh, Lord, I thank you for your goodness to us and uh, your love for us, that you saved us by sending your Son here to die for us. And then we thank you, Lord, that you've given us your Holy Spirit so that we can be empowered to fulfill what you have called us us to do. Lord, I thank you for your anointing today, and thank you for touching us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that you've made us here at New Life a family, Lord, where we truly care about each other, and, and Lord, we reach out in prayer and, and uh, care for one another, and we thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for the unity that you have given to us, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, um, we're going to get into this, obeying and receiving. And they went ahead and they were preparing for service here in Acts chapter 1. After Jesus left and was um, ascended to heaven. Um, And uh, by the way, um, I found out the word that we have for rapture is based on a Greek word that has four meanings. And one of the descriptions that you have from that rapture is when Jesus ascended into heaven. How do you like that? And uh, it happens quickly. It's, 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 and uh, um, it's a wonderful Greek word 
that was translated over into Latin, and that Latin word is where, when they were translating the Bible, and uh, that Latin word is where we get the word rapture. So it's based on the Latin word that's based on the Greek word, and you don't need to know all that, but that's okay. And that's where the rapture comes from. So those people who like to say, well, the rapture's not in the Bible. It is in the Bible, but it's not translated as rapture, okay? Because we speak English. We don't speak Latin, do we? And then, and then, and then um, where's the word Trinity in the Bible? But we know the Trinity is real. We know he's the Father. The Godhead is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit three in one and we call that the trinity why because it's so hard to explain the trinity how can god the father god the son and god the holy spirit be one one of the people um years and years ago that came closest was um saint patrick and uh um the irish were all hung up about the uh, on what is the Trinity? And he took the clover leaf. That's why they use the clover leaf. And he says, see, there's three leaves here, but it's one clover. And there it's just like the Godhead. He made it for the Irish. He had to make it really simple like that. And, and if you think I'm picking on the Irish, I'm not because I am one. Well, I'm actually Scots-Irish. Scotch-Irish. That doesn't really make me an Irishman. That just means we escaped over to Northern Ireland um, because and then over here to the United States um, the reason why it doesn't really make me really Irish is because we got on the wrong side of a war with England see we didn't stay loyal to the king we went with Bonnie Prince Charlie remember that guy Bonnie Prince Charlie and, and we all sided with him and so we all escaped because the English wanted to kill us all and that's how we became Scotch-Irish because we ended up over in Ireland before we immigrated to the United States. And by the way, if you don't know this, the reason why Scotch-Irish people feel so good in the Church of God is because most of them are Scotch-Irish. Did you know that? I bet you didn't, because that's all where all the hill folks came from. Okay? All, all those hill folks uh, are down in Tennessee and, and uh, North and South Carolina and Virginia. A lot of them are Scotch-Irish, and so that's just a little history thing there. It doesn't, but you know what's better than being Scotch-Irish? Or you know what's better than being an American? You know what's better than all that? Well, you know what's better than it, it, It's being a Christian. You know why? Because being a Christian, we're now part of a new family. It's a, it, it, it's, we're no longer what we were. We're now part of the children of Israel. Did you know that? We've been grafted into Abraham's family, all right? And, and the cool thing about being a child of God, my word, you can have a great tan like my son Bodie, <laughs> or you can be really fair-skinned like Corey, yeah. right? But we're all one family. And the blood that runs in our veins is the blood of Jesus Christ who washed us clean. It, 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 this, this thing where, where, where these politicians in Washington just write, and these poll takers, what race are you? I'm an American, I'll tell them. I should just tell them I'm a Christian, but they wouldn't get it. I'm American. No, no, what, what, where did you come from? I'm an American. Where did I come from? I was born here. I'm an American. 
And I told one point, because she just was pushing it, what descent are you? I'm an American. I said, when you folks stop putting us into little columns over here and separating us, this country will be better off. She didn't like that answer. I know she's just doing a job, but I just get tired. I get tired of going to the clinic, and they ask me what my language is. I speak English. What well, same as you? My, I'm, I'm the grandson of immigrants. My grandparents on my mom's side came over from Germany. They spoke nine languages at home, one of them being English. But my grandparents would have been offended being asked that question going to the doctor's office. And I told them that. My grandfather would have given you a what for. Because when he became an American citizen, he was no longer German. And why are you asking me that? I'm an American through and through. We need to start thinking of ourselves. Our, our, I'll put it this way. Our brothers and sisters who have better tans than us that don't have to get out in the, and have to lather up all that stuff on them so they can get nice and, you know, because they already got a tan, they were born with it. They're our brothers and sisters. They're people that we love and care for. And God doesn't, is not, has no partiality. He doesn't look at us and say, you're better than you. No, he looks at us and he sees us all the same as his children. And he says about our sin, it's all the same. See, this is the thing. All of our sin is as filthy rags in front of God. And so he just says, hey, repent of it, get rid of it, and let me deal with it by the cross in your life. And you don't have to worry about having that sin pull you down all the time. One of these days I'm going to have to preach on that. And I think I figured out a way so that Facebook will be happy with me and YouTube will be happy with me. But everybody will get the point because I just need, if I'm going to talk about sin, I just need to talk about sin. And if this sin is bad as this sin and this sin is bad, but all sin, a little white lie, is just as bad as the guy who murders somebody. Because God says all of our sin is sin and it is like filthy rags and sin is what came into the world and causes people to go to hell. However, Jesus came and remedied that problem, didn't he? He came and died for us on the cross so our sins can be washed away. Hallelujah. And when he washes our sins away, all of a sudden we have died and been buried and, and raised with Jesus. Oh, man, word, I'm hoping I get to this message. We, been, we die and we're buried and we're raised with Jesus in newness of life and we walk with him. We, we, we are buried in his, we die with him on the cross. We are buried with him. We raise with him. He's our first fruits. And one day we are going to either rise again in the rapture or go in the rapture and we'll get that brand new body. Hallelujah. Can't, I can't wait. Come on. Can't you? My word, some of you have been having aches and pains this morning. I was going to have somebody else come up here and lead worship and she was in no shape to lead worship because of her aches and pains. Darn it. I needed somebody to do it, but I just did it. You know when you're the pastor? You know, I, I was trying to sleep in this morning, and my wife came in and said, you've got to get up. I said, why? I want to sleep in. 
because it's time for church, yeah? And you're the pastor, so you better get up. Actually, be truthful with you. Be truthful. I was up at 6.30 this morning. I didn't sleep in. But um, I learned a long time ago, I can't, don't even go there, don't even think that on a Sunday, you know, because I got to go to church. I want to go to church. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go up to the house of the Lord. All right, let's get in here. So, Acts chapter 1, they're preparing for service. And, 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 and it all came about because of a prayer meeting. Somebody says, the first business meeting. I even have that in my notes, and I say, yep, it was the first business meeting of sorts. But it was not the first business meeting when the church met together because the Holy Spirit hadn't come yet. The church was born on the day of Pentecost, but the church was the church because Jesus, because they were on the other side of the cross. The resurrection has happened. That's kind of a hard thing to understand, but the church was really born on the day of Pentecost because the church really became the church on that day. So, and the reason why I say this is because when they were having this meeting, they had a deal with in that meeting as though they were still under the Old Testament. So let's get into this. But this all came because of a prayer meeting, and all of a sudden, the Holy, the, Peter in this prayer meeting figured something out. See, when, you know, when you start having a prayer meeting and you get together with fellow believers in prayer, all of a sudden, the, the Holy Spirit brings things into remembrance for you all to deal with. And so we start dealing with those things. That's why out of our prayer meetings that we've been having, or our times of prayer on Wednesday night, um, things come out of there. Um, just like I want to have more in, on our worship team. You know why I like to have more on our worship team? Because sometimes with more of us, we're stronger. Right? But let's get into this. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of persons was in, a, in all about 120 in that upper room and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was a lot of his share in, in this ministry. Now, Peter says there's a problem here. Judas is gone. We don't have a Judas amongst us anymore. Well, they had a Judas that was his name, another Judas that was his name, but you know what I mean. We don't have that traitor amongst us anymore. He's gone. And, and David foretold this as I was praying here with everybody and I was reading the Psalms. <clears throat> and I see here in the Psalms, David was saying, hey, he needs to be replaced. What are we going to do about it? Now, some have said, well, if they had just been patient and waited, eventually God would have replaced Judas with Paul. But the problem was Paul was called to be the apostle of the who? The Gentiles, those who weren't Jews. But the Jews were given 12 apostles to be apostles to them. I don't have time to get into that. But if you ever studied the Jews, you can understand why they needed 12 and we needed one. But I sometimes think that we need more than just one as well because we're as hard-headed as the Jews. Have you ever met a Scandinavian? Worse, have you ever met a German? 
By the way, I can pick on Germans because I am one. My word. I sometimes thank God for my German stubbornness. And so Peter says, hey, let another one take his office. Let's look at Acts 1, 18 through 20. Now this man, Judas, acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness. And falling headlong, he burst open in the middle. Oh, and his bowels gushed out. And it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So the field was called in their own language, Ekadama. That is field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, may his camp become desolate and let there be no one to desire it and let another take his office. See, this is what Peter was reading and go, oh, we have to do this, but he's given some context here. Peter, instead of, I mean, Judas, instead of doing what Peter did, what did Peter do? He denied the Lord three times, right? What did Peter do? All of a sudden, the words of Jesus came back to him, and he ran out of the city, and he whipped, wept bitterly and repented. What did Judas do? He ran out of the city, and he went and hung himself. And he didn't pick a very good tree because when he hung himself, the branch broke and he fell to his death. <clears throat> and it's pretty gruesome. He fell on his head. His middle was, well, I'm not going to go back into that. It's pretty, it was pretty graphic when we were reading it, wasn't it? We get the point. But the Jews, they had this money that he threw back to them. See, he took the money that they paid him to, to uh betrayed Jesus and he took the, the silver and the silver that they paid him was the price of a slave did you know that and so there was the same amount that was paid for um, Joseph when his brothers sold him into slavery and so that's why that's another area if you ever studied Joseph you could start identifying Joseph with Jesus okay not Jesus with Joseph but Joseph with Jesus and so he 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 was paid that, and he goes back, and he's, he realizes what he's done, and he goes back and sees the high priest and those leaders, and he throws the money at him, says, keep your filthy money. And then he goes out and kills himself instead of repenting, because he was so proud, prideful. The Jews said, we can't put this back into the God's coffers. See, you know that they knew they did something wrong. Because this is blood money. We can't keep this. So they went out the very place that Judas died. They bought the field as a potter's field. A potter's field was for those who, to bury people who weren't Jewish, those who committed suicide, those who committed some terrible sin and died, and they would bury them there because it wasn't consecrated land, right? Some of you are old enough to remember those days that um, certain people couldn't be buried in the cemetery because it was consecrated land. They had to be buried someplace else. Remember those days? You would hear about that from families. And, and in fact, Mr. Rich was so concerned about that because we had a Lutheran cemetery over here and we had a Catholic cemetery over there that he went ahead and he bought and paid for that land that he already owned. But he set it aside for a cemetery in town so that anybody could be buried there. Um, Protestant, Catholic, whatever, could be buried there. And so we have that beautiful cemetery. And by, by the way, did you know that one time that cemetery was out of town? 
Did you know that in the old days, Alvin should get a kick out of this, in the old days, our, our grandparents and great-grandparents put the cemeteries always outside of town because they were never sure if somebody would come out of that cemetery like a vampire and come and attack. So they always put them outside of town. That was the, and they did that all over Europe, and they brought that here to the States, and they would do the same thing because they didn't want somebody, you know, now let me get it to relate to some of the kids in here. They didn't want the zombies to rise up and walk through town. <laughs> so that, that was why it was outside of town all the time. I think that's hilarious. When I grew up in Chicago, all the cemeteries were built up around by the city, and so they were all inside town. And, um, and uh, some of those are, when you go to a big city, you, if you want to do something fascinating, just visit some of the cemeteries. Um, in Chicago, across the street from where my grandmother's buried is the Bohemian Cemetery. Some of you are Bohunks. And, um, and so across the way, and it was always fascinating to go through the Bohemian Cemetery instead of the Lutheran Cemetery where Grandma was buried and Grandpa was buried. And because they had their pictures on their tombstones. Every one of them. It didn't matter if they were buried in a mausoleum or they were buried in the ground. They all had their pictures. So you could go through and see, oh, <clears throat> what they looked like. It was different. But that's what the Bohunks did in Chicago. And so some of these places are really fascinating to go to. Um, then they needed to narrow the choice down. So how are we going to choose somebody to take Judas's place? Acts 1, 21 through 23 says, so one of the men, so one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went out amongst us. This is how we're going to pick. It has to be a one man who has accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went out amongst us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us. So the man had to be there with them from Jesus' baptism all the way through the crucifixion and resurrection and ascension. One of these men must be with us as a resurrection to the, to, as a witness to his resurrection. You see how important the resurrection is? And they put forward two. Joseph called Barsabas, who was also called Justice, and Matthias. Those are the two that they came down to. And Matthias is chosen. And how do they do this? This is why I know. See, after Pentecost, we see, choose out among you seven men who write for deacons. And then we see over in um, Antioch, Syria, the Holy Spirit speaks, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul. So the Holy Spirit was really direct on how to choose leadership, right? But the, the Holy Spirit hadn't come yet as he would on the day of Pentecost. So what did they do? And they prayed. So they started with prayer and said, Lord, you, Lord, know the hearts of all. Show which one of these two you have chosen. So they were saying, Lord, this is up to you. The, the, the apostle has to be someone you choose 
so one of these two you have chosen to take the place in the ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And this is how I know they did it according to the Old Testament way. And they cast lots for them. And lots, you got to understand, the Holy Spirit always was there to help guide the children of Israel. So if you went to see the high priest with a question, on his vestment, he had two stones. They were, they looked like dice. One was called the unum, the other one was the plunum. Got it? And so they would ask yes or no questions of God, and he would cast it. And the way the unum and plunum would come up, the high priest could tell you yes or no. Remember that um, Achan? Remember when Achan went ahead and stole? Um, they, were, they were supposed to destroy everything in Jericho because it was such a sinful place. Don't take anything. Destroy it all. And so they went in and they were destroying it. And Achan saw a garment he really liked. And he saw some money and such. And he took it and he hid it. Now, he hid it under his tent. And nobody knew that he did this. But God did, right? And so now they have the, the big victory over Jericho, Jericho being the strongest city in all of, the, of Can, uh, where the Canaanites lived. And now they're going to go against the city of Ai. Now you've got to understand what the Ai means. It means trash heap. I guess the, the people in Jericho were calling it trash heap for so long it took. You know, you know how rivalries go, um, and uh, if you don't understand that, just look at um, Packers and Viking fans, right? So you, now you understand. So, so, so they probably didn't get along, and so they go to attack AI, and they send a small force there because it was a small town, and what happens? Israel's defeated. Now, Joshua can't understand this. He goes before the Lord, and the Lord says there's sin in the camp. What? And somebody has sinned. And so God says, have everybody come before you by tribes and then by families. And, by, and so they went ahead, and what do they do? They cast the unum and the plunum, and they went ahead and narrowed it down to Achan's tribe. And then they went had all the leaders, leading families come by, and they would cast the stone, and the leader of his clan um, was taken. And they said, okay, now we know which clan it is out of that tribe. And then they cast the lots again, and it fell on Achan, and we know that by the end of the story, Achan was truly Achan. Right? Because God couldn't allow, because this was something brand new he was doing. It was like the same thing as... When God started the church, Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit. They got the same treatment that Achan did. I'm so glad that we live now. Amen? My word. I'll tell you what, after Ananias and Sapphira, they never had a problem picking up a collection, did they? <laughs> you, uh, the, really, the story there is, don't lie to God. He already knows if you're lying, right? Just tell the truth. And so the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. Hmm. So they're getting ready. They're obeying. This got to be taken care of. They're preparing for service, but they want to rely on God for everything, so they do it this way. So we see that they're relying on God. They're praying, but what they really needed was coming. 
It was, what they really needed was not to replace Judas, was it? What they really needed was coming on the day of Pentecost, right? So experiencing divine manifestation. Let's go to Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived. Ooh. This is the feast of Pentecost. One of the great feasts given by Moses and ordained by God and practiced by Israel yearly. You see, when Jesus came, he fulfilled all the spring feasts. And he fulfilled this feast by having the Holy Spirit come on the day of Pentecost. Okay? And so he comes, and when Jesus comes the second time, by the way, he's going to fulfill all the fall feasts. There's a reason why God gave all those feasts. They're clues to us to understand the Word of God. And it took place, Pentecost always took place 50 days after Passover. So if you never know, if the, your calendar, when you get it, doesn't tell you um, when Pentecost is, all you have to do is go to Passover count 50 days, and now you know when the day of Pentecost is. It's really easy. Just go ahead and you can apply it to how we do Easter, and you can always find it, and um, you'll never go wrong. And they were together, according to verse 1, in one place. And this shows us the importance of unity in the church, and we're going to be talking about that some. It shows us the importance of unity in the church. I am so glad we have unity now. When I first came to the church here, we had unity. And, and, and it was wonderful. And we had a unity a long time. You know why? Because all the saints that we had expected unity. Doris, John, right? Genevieve, um, Norman and Norma, Kay. Oh, my word. And we just expected unity. We, we, it was just the thing we did. Now, we didn't do a lot of fellowshipping outside of the doors, and I always thought we needed to do more fellowshipping outside and going from house to house. But I love the fact that um, I had a group of fellowshippers in Breckenridge. And they would get together, and they would have fun together, and they would pray together, and they always did it. And now it's uh, my two Breckenridge ladies that fall in that... Uh, well, anyway, Marion doesn't, doesn't have her little buddies there anymore that she always had. And uh, one day we'll all be united in heaven. Amen? And uh, we'll have that again. But I love the unity we have in our church. We have rediscovered our unity in our church. Because out of unity, God can do so much. Out of unity, there's power because the Holy Spirit can operate. Because in unity, you don't grieve the Holy Spirit and it's so easy to grieve the Holy Spirit. And uh, because we're not showing respect to each other and not respect to the house of God when we don't have unity. And verse 2, And suddenly there came from heaven the sound like a mighty rushing wind. Hallelujah. This portrays the coming of the Holy Spirit in a new dimension. All made possible by the cross, by the way. If Jesus didn't die and they weren't saved, they wouldn't have been filled. You've got to be born again in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. 
The same way you were saved by faith, you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it's by faith. That's simple. And I have experienced this sound of wind coming into um, worship, during worship. I, I remember um, our, uh, um, in Bible college, when I was at Christian Life College in, outside of Chicago, and uh, we would get into worship. Sometimes we were late to the next class because we would get lost, and, 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 and the anointing would come down, and whoever was preaching in chapel service, and there was times you could hear the wind start in a corner of the room and it would come into the room and that's why and the holy spirit would take over i've experienced that it is and, and and we can experience that wherever we are in worship if we would just focus on jesus as we worship again though unity is essential and the desire for god and the desire, out of our unity, it's our desire for God to move in our midst. Does that make sense? And it filled, verse 2 says, the entire house where they were sitting. And then what happened? And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them. Now this is the only time this happened is recorded here in the New Testament. Tongues of fire landing on people's heads. It was a fulfillment of the prophecy of John the Baptist concerning Jesus. What did he say in Matthew 3.11? Don't worry about finding it. I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who's coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay? And here, so we see the, the tongues of fire landed on their head. And, and verse 2 says, or verse 3 says, and rested on each one of them, and nobody got burned. Nobody's hair got scorched. Isn't that cool? Wow. Now, this refers to all of them in, in the upper room. This was happening to everybody who was saved, who believed in Jesus, his death and resurrection. This refers to them in the upper room. No one was excluded. And that's the same today. God does not exclude anyone from this spiritual gift of being filled with the Holy Ghost. And it's also signaled the birth of the church. So all it is, listen, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and he's, Jesus is filling you with the Holy Spirit. He's baptizing you in the Holy Spirit. You accept it by faith, just like you did when the Holy Spirit grabbed hold of you and baptized you into Jesus when you had faith to believe in Jesus for salvation. Right? First baptism is when you got saved. The Holy Spirit took you and baptized you in the blood of Jesus, washed you clean. And now you're part of Jesus. And he's in you, and you're in him. Cool, right? Then, this baptism is done by Jesus. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, he takes you, and he baptizes you in the Spirit so that you can have power to fulfill what he has called you to do. Everybody has a calling on their life, and we fulfill it. Too many, we, we've gotten Christians too comfortable in their pews in the United States. <laughs> 
But every Christian has been called to do something. And he's going to use you according to your gift. He'll use you according to your talents. He'll use you according to your gifts of the Spirit. But the gifts that he gives you are things that you normally wouldn't be able to do. Okay? And the reason why you know you got filled with the Holy Ghost is because, my word, you speak in other tongues. It's a language you never learned, but it's a known language that's spoken somewhere in the world. At one point in this world, it's a language that was spoken. It's a real language. And what happens when you're being filled with the Holy Spirit, you feel it down here first. He says, I'm going to give you waters that flow from your belly. Okay? And it just overwhelms. And then by faith, you just open up your mouth and you just say whatever's coming out of your mouth. And you don't worry about what it sounds like. You just say it and, 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 and you just yield to the Holy Spirit. He takes over. And now you know you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. And it's not that you get excited that you've got tongues. No, you get excited because he's filled you and you got, he's given you gifts to empower you to get the work that he's called you to do. Not everybody's called into the pulpit. Don't worry. Oh, if I get the Holy Ghost, I'm going to be having to go into the pulpit and travel the world. No, he calls you to do that. That's awesome. But most of us don't get that, right? He just calls us to be the best father, the best mother, the best worker, the best friend. And he gives us the power to be able to witness to others so that they can come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Doesn't that sound good? Can you say amen to that? We just have to have faith. Verse 4, speaking in the Spirit. I'd rather talk about speaking. That's what tongues is, just speaking in the Spirit. I'd rather emphasize the Holy Spirit there. And, and it's the normal way it's done according to the Bible. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, all were filled, not just the apostles. They were all filled because of the cross of Jesus Christ, because they put their faith in Jesus and what he did for them on the cross, and they believed that he rose again. Boy, that they believe in the resurrection. Of course, if you saw Jesus die like John did, and then... Three days later, you see him again because he rose from the dead. You're going to really, you know he died, and you know he rose. And when Peter went with John and ran to the empty tomb, Peter knew that he rose. And then when Jesus walked into the midst, oh, wow. But now because of the cross, because of the resurrection, the Holy Spirit could now come into the hearts and lives of all believers to abide in them permanently. Now, now listen, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come and he would rest upon your shoulder. He would come and just rest upon your whole shoulder. The only person in the whole Old Testament that had the Holy Spirit continually was King David. Did you know that? He begs God when he sinned, that great sin when he killed Uriah and took Bathsheba. He, he, he begged the Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. And, and growing up as a Lutheran, we would sing that every other week on Sunday morning. Most people didn't even know what we were singing about. But he was the only one. Samson, remember old Samson? He thought it was the hair. No, it was the Holy Ghost. He would come and rest upon him and he could do great feats. So all of a sudden, when he prayed, Lord, let me uh, push these columns down. He's blind, being made fun of. 
They didn't notice that his hair had grown out. He says, Lord, one more time. And this, it says the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he was able to knock that whole temple down just by pushing on those columns and knocking it down. And all those people died along with Samson. But there's a difference in the church. The Holy Spirit doesn't come and sit on our shoulder. No, he indwells us. And he makes intercession for us from our hearts because boy, oh boy, do we need someone making intercession for us. Amen. I'm so glad we, got, we don't only have Jesus on our side, but we have the Holy Spirit on our side. And because we're blood-bought by Jesus Christ, the Father is on our side, so we got three. And boy, oh boy, some of us really need somebody on our side, don't we? I'm so glad. Remember what Jesus said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Remember that in John 14, 16? And then verse 4 of Acts chapter 2 ends with, and began to speak in other tongues. Every one of them. It is the initial evidence that one has been baptized in the Spirit. This was predicted by the prophet Isaiah. Did you know that? Um, whom he will teach knowledge, according to Isaiah 28, 9 through 12. And him will he make to understand the message. Those just weaned from milk, those just drawn from the breast, for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line. Here a little there a little. For whom stammering lips in another tongue he will speak to his people. Oh, wow. You mean that was prophesied way before Jesus was born? Yep. Verse 12, he goes on to say, to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet they would not Hear. There's people who would not hear. But listen, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to, to rest. And this is the refreshing. The Spirit comes upon us to refresh us and to help our weary soul. Also, let's see what Jesus had to say. Mark 16, 17 is not going to be up on the screen. And these... Things will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. John 15, 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you, Jesus says, from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And then Jesus goes on to say in John 16, 13, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. And they all spoke in tongues, according to verse 4, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Meaning they did not initiate this themselves. It was initiated by the Holy Spirit. Mm, isn't that good? Come on. This is why I've been preaching this for six weeks now. It's actually been longer because we have somebody, a guest speaker in between. But my preaching has been six weeks. We're going to be moving on to a new series next week. You'll enjoy that too.
but it was initiated by the Holy Spirit. These were languages I've told you, known somewhere in the world, but not by the speaker. In other words, they never learned the language they were speaking. Nobody taught it to them but the Holy Spirit. And, and the interesting thing is, when all the 120 left the upper room and went out onto the streets, if you read on in chapter 2, everybody who came to town for Passover and Pentecost from all over the world could understand they were all speaking in tongues and they could understand them in their own language. And who were they glorifying? Jesus. And then somebody says, what is going on here? And Peter says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. <clears throat> well, that could be a whole other sermon, but we're not going to go there next week. As you have seen, these six weeks and today, it really does come down to obeying and receiving. Jesus said, wait until you are filled with power from on high. It comes down to obeying and receiving, does it not? Let us pray. Lord, we praise you and we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that Jesus, that you died for us so we can be saved. But Lord, we thank you that you send us another helper, a comforter, a teacher, one who can lead us into all righteousness, the Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord, that you send the Holy Spirit so that we can be empowered for service. Lord, you want more for us than just getting saved. Because, Lord, you want to use us. That is so cool. Lord, you could have just used your angels to come down and proclaim the good news, but Lord, no, that's not how you wanted to do it. Because, Lord, it's so much easier to hear somebody tell about what Jesus has done for them. And, Lord, we thank you that we can receive the blessings of salvation and being filled with the Holy Ghost just by having faith. And Lord, we thank you that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And we thank you, Lord, that by faith we receive grace so that we could be saved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us. Thank you, Lord, that you rose from the dead. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. And now I pray for all those who are here today and listening to my voice that you would fill them with the Holy Spirit if they haven't received already. Touch us, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. I don't care if you're watching this broadcast tonight or tomorrow or this afternoon. If you haven't received the Holy Spirit, you can. All you have to do is believe. Just have faith. Let the Lord touch your life. If you believe in Jesus as your Savior, if you already are born again, and you haven't received the Holy Spirit, just say, Lord, I want everything that you have for me. Lord, I, I, I need the Holy Spirit. I need that power, Lord. It's so hard in 2022 to live as a Christian in this world. But Lord, with you and your help, 
I know I can. Just ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit and, and, and just trust Him. Just believe. Just have faith. And when you start feeling down in your stomach, that, that power, just let it come. And then by faith, open up your mouth and just yield to the Holy Spirit and don't worry about the words that come out of your mouth. Just start speaking. Have faith to believe. Lord Jesus, I pray right now for those who are watching on their devices, Lord, that, Lord, you would fill them with your Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, let us know. Either email us through our website or just make a comment there on Facebook. Just let us know what God is doing for you. God bless you. I will see you tomorrow on Coffee Break for those who are on Facebook. And uh, I'll see you next time. God bless you. We're praying for you. This has been David Kufal for New Life. Again, we're located at 1021 South Center Street. We would love to have you come and join us. Amen. Bye for now.